0: From a whisper to a roar, our voice has grown in strength and volume. Echoes from our past guide our future as we explore the woman's voice. Well, today is another one of those special days. Today, I am honoured to have Queensland's Minister for Housing and Communities, Minister for Digital Economy and Minister for the Arts, Leanne Anok. Welcome, Leanne. Oh, thank you so much. Very pleased to be with you. It's just an absolute privilege. And thank you for taking the time because I know that your schedule is incredibly busy. So we're going to get straight into it. And I want to ask you, because I'm dying to know, how has your voice led you to be here with us today?
1: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, um, like everybody, there's a long and winding story behind um, my journey into politics, and then obviously being here, uh, speaking to you today, uh, you know, I came from a family that uh, originally came from Minjirrubah, North Stradbroke Island. Uh, my father is my Aboriginal parent and my mother is a non-Indigenous woman. Um, and we moved to the mainland when I started primary school. I've got three younger brothers. We grew up in a place called Woodridge in Logan. I uh, went to Woodridge State School, Woodridge State High School. Um, and But all of that time, I was taught from a very young age, the importance of social justice, Um, the uh, importance of right and wrong and to stand up and advocate uh, for when you find things that don't seem to fit properly inside that value set. Um, So, you know, that led me into being a teacher, to working in social justice policy, um, and then you know, into a humanitarian role with Red Cross and then uh, into another role of, of um, politics uh, as another means to be able to serve the community. And so uh, I've come from a very strong service background that's bedded in that set of values that's about social justice. Uh, and that really has brought me to where I am today.
0: Having a, a public voice has so many different responsibilities. Has being in the public eye changed your voice at all?
1: I think um, it's probably strengthened it and become a much more confident voice over the years. Certainly, you know, to be absolutely upfront with everybody, I know that, um, it, you know, uh, being a being a politician, there's a huge learning curve right at the very beginning of the job because you realise pretty quickly that every single word that you're saying, every inflection, the tone of it, all of that's being um, received in a way that, you know, you wouldn't normally uh, experience um, outside of this, this particular kind of job. So, you know, prior to um, being in the public, you could you had time to explain things a little bit further, you know? Like, if you didn't get the tone right in your delivery, you could say, Oh, well, actually, what I meant was this, and you had the time to have a relationship with somebody and explain, uh, you know, the depth of your voice behind um, what you're trying to portray. Uh, but certainly at the very beginning of this role, um, the huge responsibility, remembering that. Uh, Not only am I responsible for, uh, you know, more than 30,000 people in my electorate, but as the first Aboriginal woman ever elected to the Queensland Parliament, the first Aboriginal person to ever be a minister in the Cabinet and still the only Aboriginal person to be a minister in the Queensland Cabinet, um, the responsibility to a whole community of people beyond my electorate was – in the very beginning, quite overwhelming. And so you're constantly watching how you speak, knowing that you don't have time to rectify or explain um, tone if you get it wrong. And so it took me a little while to actually um, understand that and to work my way through that. And I think uh, now, and certainly over the last sort of uh, couple of years, I find myself far more confident understanding that uh, as long as you come from a place of values, uh, if you if you let your values and your principles be the foundation from where your words or your voice is coming from, uh, then it's uh, you know you can feel more comfortable with how that's being delivered. You're
0: certainly carrying the baton in so many different sectors um, as, as being a female advocate. Do you feel that you're 100% in tune and connected to your voice or is it continual work in
1: progress? Um, I, think, I think like for all of us, it's always a continuous work in progress. Um, you know, you're learning, you, you learn so much about yourself every day with every interaction, uh, with every new relationship that you're building, um, whether that be a business relationship, a friendship. Um, I get to meet hundreds of people every week, um, hundreds of incredible people with amazing stories that you can't help but have, uh, you can't help but for them to impact you in some way. And so you're constantly um, checking yourself, checking the assumptions that you have about the world, Um, uh, looking at your own stories and the power of your own story in that relationship that you're building with a new person. Um, And of course, constantly trying to find ways to make sure that there's room for all of us to be amazing and all of that Uh, so it is a constant evolution of who we are as human beings and you know and as a woman um, my voice the way that you uh, are describing um, voice in this conversation um, that is a constant evolution also Hmm.
0: do you have a practice that you do daily to stay connected with your
1: purpose Um, that's a really, I think that's a really important question for all of us, because you can get lost in the responsibilities of a job. You can get lost in the, um, I guess the perceptions of other people in, in jobs and particularly in this job. I mean, you only need to look at social media It just, uh, you know, you can get lost completely in, uh, some of the, uh, very bold things that people want to have to <laughs> say about you, uh, you could get really lost in that. Um, and so there are a number of rituals, I think, that we all have to have. Otherwise, you do get, you go down the this sort of um, vortex, if you like, that's made up of everybody else's perspectives. And, you know, you can see that in uh, in every relationship that you have, um, how did you know, sometimes you might get lost in those relationships and you've got to find out Um, how do you sustain and maintain yourself in all of that? Because who you are is incredibly important to the world and you can't have that lost. Um, So for me, I, in the last couple of years have taken up long distance running. It's a really great way to just like empty your head at the end of the day and allow all that stuff that is who you are bubble back to the surface and just jostle all those things into their, into their natural positions. Um, So, that's become a real um, part of my uh, daily, if not um, weekly routine of finding those, that time to just do that little bit of jostling all by yourself out on the um, out on the footpath, if you like, and to mm-hmm. just leave some things behind that are not important. And it really is that sort of tuning in to uh, assess the things that you've picked up through the day and to, to assess whether they're, are they important? Are they things that I should be um, uh, you know, spending some time on to, to reflect about myself or are they really just nonsense and, and noise that um, are only there to just distract from your real purpose. So um, I do that. I do engage in um, uh, meditation whenever I can. Um, quite often uh, the first thing in the morning it's just a little bit of time by myself. Uh, sometimes it's a cup of tea, um, staring at my, uh, terrible backyard that needs attention. <laughs> sometimes it's like just going through the list of things for the day, but that quiet bit of quiet time first thing, first thing in the morning, um, which I appreciate that not every woman could do. I mean, you know, I was, I was a single mum uh, for a very long time. Um, my, both my sons are grown now. They're in their 20s. Uh, but as a single mother, you don't get a lot of quiet time. You're up getting the kids ready for school and doing all those things that everybody else has to do. Mm-hmm. But just finding that little bit of time to yourself, I think, becomes important so that you can, uh, yeah, assess, just do that little bit of self-check and self-assessment about mm-hmm. what you're carrying and what you need to just jettison because it's not important.
0: I love that. Uh, let who you are bubble back up to the surface. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that one. I think. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever been afraid to speak
1: your truth? Um, afraid is probably a strong term, but hesitant, maybe. Um, if I'm honest, there have been times when I would be hesitant because, uh, mostly you know, I'm thinking five steps ahead. If I say this now, is that going to help the journey of where we're going to in this conversation or the things that I know that I'm here for that are important? Um, So there'll be times when I'll hold back And, uh, you know, there are uh, certainly there are other people in my life that see that happen and go, why is she holding back there? And then they'll see it five days later or five weeks later and go, oh, that's why she held it there because it's coming back over here. So I'm never uh, afraid, but sometimes I might hesitate or I might be um, uh, thinking very deeply about Uh, the kind of voice that's required to move us to the next thing um, on the journey to where I want to go next. Mm. So, for instance, right now, um, I'm really focused on a number of things like in my portfolio and, of course, in my electorate, there are are a number of things that we're working on. But um, as an Aboriginal person, I'm really focused on this journey to treaty and so it is not a speak today and that will set the path. It's a speak every day and think very carefully about the steps that you're speaking to. Um, and because some steps will be too far for some people. And if you speak to that too soon, um, they might might they might leave the journey. They might leave the path. So it's constantly judging, you know, where we're at in this journey, where we're at in this path. Uh, and speak to these steps in a way that allows people to stay with you on it.
0: You must be trusting your gut in a lot of these situations. Is that something that you've learnt how to trust and navigate through and your emotional intelligence certainly you're feeling into
1: what's ne- needed and required? Yeah, I think it comes back to an earlier question about... Um, about that trust of, um, and finding out your voice as you, as you've described it. But honestly, it's, it's that it is intuition. It's that gut feeling. It's a values base and principles base. Once you've got that, you've got that foundation and you're absolutely 100% in tune with those values about, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm, I'm grounded by, you know, 3000 generations of family, um, You know, I have ancestors attached to this country that I travel along um, that ground me 100%. So every time I feel a bit flighty or a little bit um, influenced by external perspectives or views, um, I have this great foundation of values and connection that allow me to touch base with that, um, you know, so that... uh, so that I can use my intuition or my gut feeling or my connection to people um, uh, through that lens to be able to, you know, figure out what's the next step in this conversation or in this journey together.
0: There's so many questions. I'd love to dive down the rabbit hole there <laughs> into your ancestry because that sense of belonging to something bigger, I think, is a thing that is missing generally in society today.
1: Yeah, but you know, but the thing is. Um, we're, as Australians and as Queenslanders or as people that live in a particular location um, if as an Aboriginal person connected to that that's that is incredibly powerful and when you're in tune with it um, everything becomes much easier I have to say but for everybody that lives in this place you know when you connect to the fact that you're living on country that has this incredible depth of story, um, that story becomes part of you. And when you let that story into your life and you connect to it, you get the benefit of it all as well, you know. So um, everybody can connect to this great ancestry that we that is attached to this place called Australia or Queensland. Everybody can do that. Um, all it takes is just to open your heart and your mind to it, um, check your assumptions um, and, uh, you know, touch touch base with your own story and connect that story to this one. It's, you know, it's a, it's a great gift that we have for each other.
0: Beautiful. Do you like the sound of your own voice?
1: Um, I, I, that's a hard question. Do I like the sound of my own voice? Um, on a, uh, on a, I guess, superficial level, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a former drama teacher. I went to, um, I studied theater at university. I did voice training at university. So I'm constantly, you know, uh, listening to my, the modulation and my, my tone and my voice. I'm constantly listening to that. I know that when uh, I need to, I need to drop down so that I can connect in a certain way. Sometimes I have to go higher or lower, you know, all of those things are, are, are part of the, uh, technical training that i've had as a as a drama teacher yeah. so on that superficial level um i know how to I, I know how to connect to my, my voice to, to feel more comfortable with it and I can hear myself when I'm nervous that I get more in, in, in the nasal in the throat and I need to get more down in the chest and the diaphragm, you know, all that sort of stuff because <laughs> <laughs> that's a much more calming space and it allows the rest of your body to calm and then your thoughts are calm and then um, all the information flows much more easily. Um, but if you speak to a more deeper sense of um that definition of voice do i like the sound of my voice i think as i'm getting older um, i'm enjoying the um that uh, that deeper wisdom that comes with age that i hear in my voice i'm enjoying that a bit more
0: based on your heritage i've never asked anyone this question but i operate from this space do you like the feel of your
1: voice yeah and that's probably what I'm guess I'm going to more so. Mm. It's like there's everybody has this experience I know where when you're not when you're not in your head and when you're speaking from your spirit or from yes. your soul there's an ease about that and sometimes you don't even realize oh, how did I even know that or yes. how did I even where did that come from Yes where did that come from <laughs> I find myself as I get older you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 53 now, um, and as I, you know, mature, I feel like I'm more and more in that space, and that feeling is such a fantastic feeling because it is all about that connection to uh, where you come from, who you are, your ancestors, and that deep sense of value and, and principle that um, comes forward in, when you're in that space, and I think that's a pretty powerful space to be in. Absolutely.
0: Do you feel that women are still apologizing for being in the conversations
1: generally? Uh yeah, um I th- I think I think fundamentally we are I mean we I don't hear the word sorry so much anymore you know I'm, I'm sorry sorry for speaking out but or sorry for interrupting but um you know We're
0: probably talking from that level of you know we've just spoken about about feel you know yeah and, and you're very connected with nuances and inflections mm. there's that there's that tone in the female voice sometimes that that says look I'm really sorry and I don't mean to bother you
1: yes yeah absolutely and that's yeah that's where I was headed we don't necessarily say it as much. Like, I think even 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, sitting around boardrooms, you know, I would hear that quite often from the handful of women that were sitting in the room. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but can I ask a question? You'd hear that a lot. Um, I guess now I don't hear that as much, those words, but you're right in saying that quite often the tone is still there. Excuse me blah, 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 you know, like it's it's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not saying I'm sorry, but there's something in the tone that I think is still there somewhat. Um, yeah, and it's a really interesting space at this time, you think, in 2021, where we've got such strong uh, female leadership um, uh, in Queensland in particular, mm. um, incredible female leadership that's um, making a massive uh, difference in terms of our safety with regards to COVID-19, etc. Um, and, you know, when you listen to people like um, Dr. Jeanette Young and, and, of course, the Premier, who are absolutely standing strong on their views of um, how to protect Queenslanders, um, you've got all that strong leadership, and yet sometimes you still hear in other, in, in other parts of our business and community world that tone of apology that, I'm sorry I'm speaking out, but I need to on X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Many women find it difficult to make themselves heard um, in those important conversations. Do you have any tips on how women can make sure that they can be heard in every conversation?
1: Yeah, I guess um, the, the thing that I've always grown up with and and sometimes this is challenging in a um Uh, in a non-Indigenous world. But, uh, you know, I grew up in a a, uh, culture and a community where sometimes the most powerful um, things that are being said are not the words that are being spoken. And so sometimes being heard is not about speaking actual physical words, um, but, you know, the actions and the um, presence that you have in a room. Sometimes that can speak more. Um, and so there are many ways to be heard is my, is my sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes back to what I was saying earlier about um, understanding what needs to be said in that moment to keep people on the path to where you're headed as a group. You know, and certainly for women in leadership, there's this real opportunity to understand the various um, uh, elements of voice and it's not always the word that's spoken. Um, Sometimes it is simply you could, sometimes you can sit the whole meeting without saying a single word, but um, there's something in your physicality that has spoken um, a lot to that group. uh, but yes, yeah, you know it's that sort of choosing it's choosing exactly what's required for that time and that's real that for me that's real leadership because you could just ramble on and say anything yes uh, and that's not helpful yes
0: what is your intention when you walk into a room more precisely how do you want to make people feel
1: um you can imagine that I walk into all kinds of rooms, <laughs> 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 lots of different rooms, um, you know, board rooms, uh, community um, centres, uh, large convention centres, you know, lots of different rooms, rooms with thousand people, rooms with two people. Um, but the thing that remains the same every time I walk into every room is my first. my first desire is to connect with the people in the room. So whether that is one person sitting opposite me um, or the 1,000 people in an auditorium, Um, my my staff know that I like to get – if I'm speaking at an event, I like to get there a little bit early because I want to get a feel for what people are talking about, how they're – how they're positioning themselves, what's the vibe of the room, because that may change the sorts of things that I might need to say in that room. Um, So my very first priority is to connect to um, those who I'm meeting with, uh, those who are in the room. That's the first thing. Um, And then the second thing is to understand, to seek to understand. Um, You know, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't matter how how um, emotionally intelligent you are, how intellectually intelligent you are, all of that, you know, all those things doesn't matter. Sometimes people have bad days. and Sometimes they don't um, necessarily uh, express themselves in the way that is true to who they are. And so you have to give a little bit of slack sometimes for people. And so I want to, first of all, connect, find out where they're at. And that doesn't need words sometimes. Second thing is I want to seek to understand. So they might say things that I think, well, that's a bit, that's well off, you know. So then it's the seeking to understand through questioning like, well, what did you mean by that? Or, you know, how can I understand that in a different way? Um, and then from there uh, we get to work out um, how do we want to work together Um on a particular issue that might have come to that room for conversation. So they're kind of my three steps that I take every time I walk in a room.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. As the Minister for Arts and as an artist myself and being surrounded by a community of artists and creating artists, what message would you have for struggling artists in the environment that we're in at the
1: moment? Well, I don't think it's a... um, you know, honestly, it's not an understatement to say that this is probably the worst, this is the worst period of time that the arts industry has ever experienced in this country. Um, It is incredibly tough. Um, It's unpredictable. Uh, You know, we've seen in New South Wales now, um, you know, they're gonna, I mean, overnight, uh, as we are, you know, today it's the today's the um, 18th of August, and overnight they had over 600, um, well, 633 new cases overnight, yeah. and three more deaths, you know, uh, from COVID 19, um, and they will most likely be shut down for quite a long time, um, trying to get on top of that. Uh, if you look to Queensland, uh, we have moved very rapidly, um, very you know, in a very sharp, hard lockdowns, um, quick and and hard, you know, Um, and we've been able to, um, on this occasion, um, get on top of a particular outbreak really quickly. And, you know, we're already seeing some of our restrictions come forward in terms of them being lifted, supposed to be lifted on Sunday, going to be lifted on Friday. That's going to mean Friday night 75% um, 75% of our theatres are going to be open again, you know, 75% of the capacity of our theatres will be open again. Mm. Um, that's, for me, the way that we've been managing um, COVID in Queensland uh, means that we get to open more um, and far more quickly than other states um, because, um, we, we're doing so well at that, and we've got the community with us because the language, the voices that have been out there all this time have been really about let's, we're all in this together. And so, for the arts sector, uh, not only have we seen um, the state government. In, um, in Queensland, you know, we we were one of the first movers in terms of being able to put in um, some of the supports and other measures to um, support the industry through the height of the restrictions. Um, But we continue to see those supports being put in place. So live music, for instance, we just announced another $7 million um, to be able to support live music venues in particular, so that when this is all over, we've got venues still there when we come out the other end. Um, And the same thing's been happening around um, the arts industry. And all I can say to all of the artists out there is, um, you know, connect with those programs. They're there to support. Um, You're not on your own. Um, You know, please find every way you can to connect with what the government's putting out there to support you. Um, But at the same time, um, you know, know that there's an eye on the future and that, the way that we're managing COVID-19 is actually ensuring that um, we are opening up uh, before everybody else more than anybody else. I mean, we were, Queensland was the first state to have um, a 100% uh, ticketed seated capacity at, at our theatres. We were the first state um, after the restrictions of last year and right now we're the only state where you'll see 75% ticketed seated capacity in our theatres come Friday night, the only stay. So, yeah.
0: Leanne, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. We are just out of time. Look at that, 30 minutes on the dot. <laughs> I'm so grateful to you. And I look forward to watching and watching your
1: development in the future. Thank you so much, Lisa. And all the best to everybody that listens to your podcast and all the best to you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today
0: to strengthen your voice. You want to be heard and you deserve to be heard. We're here to make sure that the woman's voice is heard. I'm Lisa Lachlan-Bell and together we are the woman's voice.
1: Thanks to our official sponsor, The Voice Draw. For more information on your voice, go to thewomansvoice.com.au.